Oh boy, are we busy. Our robes are drenched with sealer. We three kings of Orientar, doing driveways we traverse so far. Driveway need resurfacing? Don't worry. This winter, hire the only year-round blacktop surface. It's as good as gold when you call up we three kings of Orientar. Blacktop surfaces. No surface is too rough for... We three kings of Orientar. Blacktop surfacings. If it smells like an outhouse, chances are you've been surfaced by... We three kings of Orientar. Blacktop surfacings. Just look for the truck with the blacktop dripping splattered all over the faces of the tile-headed three kings. And don't forget our special holiday gift offer. 100 square feet for $30, and we'll throw in a bucket of frankincense patch and more oil cleaner, and every customer gets a fruitcake. That's We Three Kings of Orientar. Blacktop surfacings, located at Frank's house, which is kind of behind the, uh, the Italian Greek strawberry farm. Do you know where that is? Okay, well, do you know where that warehouse is? How about the Kmart? In Illinois, Illinois. It is time for another Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour, brought to you by Duck Logic a Chicago comedy group that had its own radio show called The Cav Alcade on WLUPAM 1000, a pretty big radio station at the time. Each comedy half hour is at least 28 minutes of sketches, songs, or other shenanigans pulled from the Loop Cav Alcade archives plus improv, talk, and whatnot. So, kick back, take a, load off, and enjoy the wacky goings on of Duck Logic. You'll laugh, and how. This is Josh Newcomb for IPN, your independent podcast news. Harvey Bertain of Teedmine, Illinois, pulled off a real first last Sunday evening when his eBay auction closed and he had successfully sold his soul. I asked him how it went. I'm so glad I didn't go with a fixed price sale. It went for much more than anyone I know thought it was worth. A bidding war started and the price just kept going up. Man, those demons are really obsessed beams. I wondered how he knew it was demons doing the bidding. I don't really believe in that stuff, so I thought it was a joke at first. But then they showed up at the door wanting my signature in blood. Blood! None of my other eBay customers have ever done that, so I got a little suspicious. But then I remembered you can really wreck your seller feedback if you don't deliver as promised, so I went through with it. The soul sold for a total of $666, which seemed a little unbelievable to me, but Harvey said it wasn't a coincidence. When it hit that price, they moved the bidding war to a sort of backdoor auction, with the demons emailing him offers and counteroffers for things other than money. I was hoping against hope for maybe a used car or something when I saw this new development, but now I've got a great management-level job at Newborn Chemical just south of Illinois with yearly raises bonuses, a retirement program, medical and dental benefits, and a bunch of lower-paid people around who do all the real work for me. Plus, I've got a nice house in a gated community. And you know those hot women like you see on TV? They're finally interested in me. It's pretty cool. I was curious how he got the idea to sell his soul on eBay. Well, the damn thing was just sitting around collecting dust. I wasn't using it for anything. Hell, I don't know why I held on to it for this long. So, lesson learned. Check and see if your soul is laying around somewhere. It might just be worth a pretty penny. This is Josh Newcomb, signing off for your independent podcast news team.
And now DuckLogic presents Dubious History Behind Common Expressions, where we take you down the questionable historical path of familiar idioms and phrases, citing facts and explanations we found on the internet somewhere. How many times has someone said to you, wow, you're in a real pickle? Lots of times, I bet. Of course, we all know that that means you're in a bad situation, a troubling predicament. But did you know the history of this common saying? Do you know where that colloquialism comes from? Some website somewhere, we can't remember where right now, explains it like this. Immigrants fleeing the czars in 19th century Russia were known to stow away on cargo ships, sealed in barrels that typically carried dill pickles. When the ships reached America and the barrels were opened, many of these hapless refugees were sadly found dead, drowned in the pickle brine. So from then on, when people were in any kind of trouble, it was said that they were in a pickle. Now you know the somewhat dubious truth behind a not-really-all-that-common phrase. On DuckLogic's dubious history behind common expressions. Believe it or don't. And now, as a public service, DuckLogic, in cooperation with the United States Post Office, is proud to present Zip Code Spotlight. Today's zip code is... Woonsocket, Rhode Island, 02895. This has been the DuckLogic Zip Code Spotlight. It was a special time, a time that comes only once a year. It was that time when it's not quite Christmas, but well beyond Thanksgiving. That magical time of year when nothing particularly unique or noteworthy ever happens. Let's look in on the Andersons as they're about to sit down at the table and eat another dinner during that holiday season. Okay, I guess it's getting about time we sat down to eat. But gee, Pop... Grandpa isn't home from the hospital yet. And he might not be for a while, Joey. They won't know what's wrong with Grandma until they run a lot of expensive tests. Okay, but it's going to be kind of hard eating without knowing how Grandma's going to be. Forget that, would you, son? Sure thing, Pop. Hey, it's Grandpa. Grandpa, yeah, howdy, Grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, happy holidays. Uh, I came here directly from the hospital. And Grandma is, well, she... She could know, die at any uh, moment if, if we all don't uh, unite in the spirit of the holiday season? No, 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 little Joey. She's doing fine, just fine. I'll be picking her up later this afternoon. I guess we'll have to look elsewhere for our post-Thanksgiving pre Christmas drama. Oh. Hey, what's what's for dinner? They all sat down to an average run-of-the-mill between important holiday meal, feeling dejected and believing more than ever that this holiday season would be just like every other one before it. Empty and meaningless, falling from one's memory banks almost as instantly as it occurs, when suddenly there was a knock at the door. Get that, would you, son? Ah, sure thing, Pop. Hello, who are you? Hello, little one. I'm an angel. And? Well, I've been waiting outside your house for almost two days, hoping someone here could have a problem that I could solve. Uh, you see, I'm trying to earn my halo. Oh, uh, hey, Dad, uh, it's an angel that wants to give one of us a helping hand so he can work his way through angel school. Tell him to come back at the end of the month. We'll try to have a problem for him by then. Oh, uh, my, my dad says to come back later in the month. Give me a break, kid. I, I'm trying to make it home for Christmas this year. Well, I'm really sorry, but, uh, you see, last year, some other angel cured my bad leg. Our mortgage isn't due until uh, mid-January, and everybody here already knows the true meaning of Christmas. Oh, 
Well, couldn't you just w walk me to the front gate and uh, maybe sort of, you know, slip on the ice? What? I'd be right there to catch you. Honest, I have to. I'm an angel. Now, you must have seen enough holiday specials to know that that doesn't count. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Oh, well, uh, I guess I'll see you at the end of the month then. I'm, hey, I'm hey sure. wait a minute. I think the kid in, in the big red house at the end of the block lost one of his G.I. Joes yesterday. You might be able to lend him a helping hand. Was it his favorite one? Well, no, not really. Oh. He didn't even know it was gone till I pointed it out to him. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Happy holidays. Uh, same to you. Little Joey slowly made his way back to the table where the family finished their meal absolutely expressionless. It looked like there was no hope for excitement during this year's holiday season when suddenly a knock was heard coming from the door. Get that, would you, son? Uh, sure thing, Pop. Hello, it's uh, me, Bing Crosby. I've used this magic scarf to come back from the dead and add a little sparkle to the holiday season. Hey, uh, Dad, it's Bing Crosby. Uh, tell him we're allergic to orange juice and that we always like Bob Hope best. Uh, my dad says, uh, go, go swing on a star. I heard. I heard. Say, little boy, can I tempt you into learning a lesson about the evils of greed by giving you this magic scarf? Uh, geez, uh, I don't know. But boy, its power is infinite. You'll control all that you see and get just what you want for Christmas. Well, we sure could use an antagonist in this story. Hey, Joey, close the door and come back to the table. We're about to have dessert. Ah, uh, look, Bing, buddy, uh, I gotta go. You better keep the scarf. It's getting pretty cold out here tonight. Uh, happy holidays. b b b b so the Andersons accidentally closed the door on their only hope for an interesting plot. Yes, it's that holiday season. That time just after the Thanksgiving feast has turned into useless fat and the warm glow of the Christmas celebration has not yet made itself known. That holiday season, when nothing particularly unique or noteworthy ever happens. They talk about keeping animals in captivity and how you have these animals and they're just, oh my, that's just so cruel, keeping these animals in a zoo. And I've been realizing as animals in the wild basically spend most of their time trying to feed themselves, yes, trying to find food. Yes. And the other part of it is them trying not to be food for other animals. The birds are always, there's this hawk that shows up every once in a while and they just go ape shit. We've got one. And fly into our windows. Yeah, probably the same the, one. The sparrows are nice and fat now. Time to clean up. Yeah. But I mean, it, so when they're in captivity, quote unquote, they get fed. They don't have predators. Uh, I mean, why they put predators in a cage with Oh, the, or, come on. You've never seen an eagle go fly down in a zoo and pick a lion up. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> no. 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 Well, if you were in captivity, sure, you get to go walk around the yard sometimes, and they feed you. You get to stamp out license plates, maybe, but it's not quite the same as regular life, you know? It's just kind of... You get to stamp out license plates. Captivity. My father-in-law lived with us for, I don't know, many years. His health was deteriorating little by little, and he didn't leave the house. Hmm. He was in a wheelchair, so he couldn't get upstairs or downstairs, but he had his own room with a TV set in the bathroom. And I remember telling somebody about this. I go, God, yeah, my father-in-law just, he sits, he watches Cubs games, and then he wheels out for dinner and then goes back and watches Cubs games. And the guy goes, oh man, 
that sounds beautiful. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. That Watching Cubs games all day? Oh, sh- yeah, sign me up. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah. Voluntary captivity, though, really. It is voluntary captivity. Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I don't know if he would have left if he could. I mean, we didn't tie him up or anything. It wasn't like that. I mean, his, his health was the thing keeping him there, but he didn't seem unhappy. I mean, my kids were always running around. Yeah, yeah. Keeping animals in captivity. Yes, I get it. Their captivity and all that stuff. Was that the thought originally back in whatever, the 20s, when they started catching tigers and putting them in zoos? Circus is a different story because sometimes they are cruel to them, I think. Mistreated quite badly. Yes. Well, that's why they're like the Wrigley Brothers doesn't have any animals anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Yeah, human beings, those are mammals. Hello. Yeah. What about the circus performers? So just like have two guys in a in a lion suit that gets tamed? That'd be kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> they could they tame dandruff, Dave. I don't know. I don't see that. <laughs> yeah, what about the performers, the acrobats and stuff, making them do stuff? It looks like a bunch of people doing the stuff that was on both of the circus. He's bouncing blades. <laughs> like all those acts strung together. See, they should cross with Cirque du Soleil. So you have guys with whips making the guys jump around on the poles, you know? You exactly. Kind of, there should be a story. That could be kind of fun. I might pay to see that. They go up, ho, 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 ksh, ksh, ksh. Yeah, you know. This is what has been missing from the Cirque acts for years. Is a guy whipping the acrobats? It it would put your butt in a seat. <laughs> I'm going. I'm probably getting a season pass. Why are there no clowns anymore? What's the... Because they were never funny. Besides that, they're scary. Are they seriously no clowns? Yeah, there were no... The Wrigley Brothers in town, and there's no clowns. There's no... What the hell do they have in their circus, then? There's no clowns. There's no little car coming out. There's no tramp clowns. <laughs> Come on, they got rid of Ronald McDonald, right? We don't see him anymore. And Bozo's long gone. I mean, clowns are leaving the culture except to be mean or either from Mars or another planet or evil in some way. Yeah, that's kind of where it's going. A lot of people just don't like clowns or in the sewer. Yeah, you know what? They'd be in parades handing out candy. They'd be on the side. They'd yeah. be throwing the candy. You don't want to see that anymore. No, not clowns. Yeah, you know what? They'd pass by me. They'd flip the gum and I'd be like, I don't want freaking candy. Your candy's no good here, clown. Keep moving. They still do that. They still throw candy out at parades. They throw it on the ground and the kids just run around. It's just, it feels so demeaning. Like, you know, here, here. They don't hand it to the kids. They throw it on the ground. You have to pick it up off the ground. Here's some ground candy for you. <laughs> Watch them they'll pick it up right off the ground and eat it. I, they'd get down there and get it with their tongues if they were allowed to. Watch this. When my dad would drink, he would come home and sit at the table and drink some more. God bless him. And then music would be playing. A lot of times it was Russian music. I love Russian music. My grandparents were from Belarus. But anyway, we would do Russian dances. My little sister and me, he'd take money out of his pockets and throw money on the floor. And we would, oh, oh, money. And it's like, so we're these peasant children. He thought that was really funny to throw. You guys should have eventually got a hat or something. You know what I mean? Give him something to aim for, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think of that. That means to collect the money. It's college money. It's coming out of the pocket. (laughs) 37 cents. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, I'll bite you anything. You weren't represented at the time, were you? Oh, no. I didn't. I was done non union street dancer. <laughs> you had no age. That explains a lot. <laughs> Today, they make a big deal out of that. Oh, treating your kids like a bunch of paid monkeys or something. You know what I mean? And you're like, monkeys don't get paid, number one, usually. So this time, <laughs> yes, we are getting paid to be like monkeys. What's wrong with that? Where do you see paid monkeys, Tim? Give me an example. 
Lancelot Link? Yeah. That Lancelot Link had some kind of a deal, right? Monkey he did, he must have gotten paid, I'm thinking. He must have been in like... And the Banana Splits, right? That was four monkeys right there. They were the, they were the leads on the show. No, they weren't monkeys. They weren't? One was a dog. They were dogs. And monkeys combined? No, I think one of them is like a gorilla. Oh, that's right. Beagle was a dog. Well, that's close to a monkey. I mean, he's related. I agree. <laughs> They're mammals. Big ones again. You're right. No, one was one was a beagle for sure. They were all dogs. And monkeys. No, they were not all dogs. One was an ape. And Do you want me to look up what? Yeah, yeah look it up, Walt. One was a lion. One was the Episcopalian. One banana, two banana, three banana, four. <laughs> four a... bananas make a bunch and so do many more. One was a Quaker. One was an IRS. I think each one was a different animal. I think they were different animals. That would make sense. The horse of a different color. Do you mean me to find someone who actually definitely says it, or do you just want to see a picture of them? I'd like to see their life story. I don't care anymore because that's a suddenly it's taken a tragic turn. Hold on. Let me. All right, you guys. Jesus. There's a fuzzy picture. Oh, wait a minute. I see. I saw one of them. That's minute. the monkey for sure. That was the monkey for sure, but I could. That was. He had long ears. All right, so there's an elephant, a dog, a, dog? a monkey, or an a, a gorilla. But what's the monkey? brown thing? A lion. I think that's lion? a lion. That's the lion. Okay, a lion, a dog, an elephant, and a monkey. So I, uh, Jim and I were both right by one. I guess we're each 25%. Good. Bingo, Flegel, Drooper, and Snorky. What I want to know is where did they poop? I know where they poop. But I'm not telling. Probably right inside those suits, man. You didn't get out of those quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Much like the astronauts, yes. (laughs) Once they zipped you up into those, you were in it for the day. We just, wait a minute, we have to fit this pipe up your anus. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't realize, like, they're thinking, all I got to do is put this stupid costume on, go and do a few lines, and I'll get the job. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to prepare you just like we do the astronauts. For your convenience, <laughs> wait, listen. Let's stick this pipe. How old are those guys now? They got to be like night in their nineties or something. And they live in Florida now. They do dinner theater. Well, I just got a package in the mail today. Mark, do not open till Christmas Day. But I opened up that package anyway. No package tells me what to do. When I ripped through the wrapper and I looked inside, it kinda hurt my feelings and almost made me cry. It sorta looked as though the sender hadn't even tried. You'd have felt it if you'd seen it too. It was a fruitcake. A freaking fruitcake. And I hate fruitcake. Hard bits of nasty, chewy, neon-colored crap. And it was hard as a drum It wasn't even soaked in whiskey, brandy, or rum Why would anybody rap and send me this scum? What the heck did I ever do? Well, I looked at the people on my Christmas list Maybe there was somebody that I had missed Or anyone to send it to who wouldn't be pissed And I can box it up and bid it anew <laughs> I'll give the fruitcake Yes, re-gift the fruitcake Frickin' fruitcake. Oh, hard bits of nasty, chewy, neon gullet crap. So I took 
broke off the label saying it was for me and I started to rewrap it very carefully. Then I saw something familiar and it bothered me and it took away my holiday glow. There on the bottom of this bakery mistake was something that the sender never could have faked. A label I myself stuck on this evil cake when I gifted them a year ago. Ah, I sent the fruitcake. God, I gave the fruitcake. A frickin' fruitcake! Oh, hard bits of nasty, chewy, neon-colored crap! A yearly fruitcake! It's a mummified fruitcake! The frickin' fruitcake! Oh, hard bits of nasty, chewy, neon-colored crap! Oh, how do people stomach this stuff? I mean, if you want fruit, eat fruit. If you want cake, then eat cake. Why eat mess with something that's a crappy version of both? I don't get it. It doesn't make for a Merry Christmas. It doesn't make a Merry Christmas at all. Hey, Walt. Hey, Dave. Have you got it with you? Sure do, Walt. The first audience-submitted joke we've selected for this segment. Excellent, because we listen to our listeners, and when someone wrote in asking if we could do some jokes they could share around the water cooler... And we realized we didn't write those kind of jokes, some skits, sketches, songs, sure, parodies, all sorts of gags, but no regular setup than punchline-style jokes... We decided to open it up to the audience. And this is the one we selected for this week. <laughs> well, let's have it, Dave. Actually, I thought this might be a good place to bring Kevin, the new AI member of the group, into the show, Walt. Whoa, works for me, Dave. Let me just boot him up here. Hello, Walter and David. Hello, Hello Kevin. Kevin. What small role would you like me to perform for you today? Uh, we'd like you to read the inaugural audience joke. Okay, show it to the camera so I can see. Here, take a look. Okay, here goes. Ahem, uh, hem. Let's see. Why do mice have such small balls? I don't know, Kevin. Why do mice have such small balls? Because not many mice know how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, Kevin. Not bad. Not bad at all. For that little gem, we're sending Mark Olson from Janesville, Wisconsin, a classic Duck Logic tchotchke. What have we got for him, Dave? This week, Walt, we've got an original Duck Logic button from our early days on stage in Chicago, featuring our duck, Bohaha. You never know what you'll get, so if you got a good joke or have written one yourself, go to ducklogiccomedy.com and submit it through our contact page. If it's read on the podcast, we'll send a collectible piece of Duck Logic memorabilia your way. If you include your mailing address with it, that is. Congratulations, Mark Olson of Janesville, Wisconsin. You have become an honorary ducker for the length of this podcast. Enjoy. It is not as fun as you think it might be. Hello, I'm Greta Warburn, and welcome to another episode of Frank Talk, a show in which I interview interesting people from every corner of the world. People who not only blaze trails in their respective fields with results that affect us all, but people who are also named Frank. Tonight's guest is Dr. Frank Nesbaum, a renowned animal scientist who claims he and his team of experts have come up with a way to stop animals from becoming extinct. And as an animal lover myself, I can tell you I am very excited to hear about this. Dr. Nesbaum, let's get Frank. I already am, Miss Warburn. Call me Greta, please. Okay, Greta, please. <laughs> Who says scientists don't have a sense of humor? My wife, my mother-in-law, my kids, uh, my best... Well, uh, let's get to the animal saving, shall we? It's your show, Greta. Yes. Yes, it is. 
Well then, according to theworldcounts.com, experts estimate every year it could be up to 100,000 species going extinct. That's one every five minutes, which seems like a pretty big hurdle to overcome, Doctor. Yes, but the team I'm working with chose a unique approach, and through a series of research and experimental projects, we've come up with a novel idea to solve this dilemma. Are you working on ways to keep their environments from disappearing? Because I've come to understand that's a sound approach to whatever you... Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) We're developing new gene splicing technology. Gene splicing technology? To make them more resilient to disease? Oh, no, no, nothing like that. Look, to begin with, we wanted to splice human genes, but apparently that's strictly against the law. So after some deliberation, we decided not to do it. We've been working on animals instead to, you know, wait a minute, let's see, uh, uh, make society a more equitable and peaceful place for all beings. Basically, we're planning to make wild animals across the globe more peaceful and docile creatures. You're planning on changing animal interaction worldwide? Won't that upset the natural order of life? Oh my, what planet are you living on? We upset the natural order years ago, and we passed the point of no return soon after that. So we have to work with what we've got here, Greta. Now, here's the theory. By making all animals docile, people will take more species in as pets, thereby saving them from extinction. Simple, right? You don't hear anybody saying that cats and dogs and hamsters are going to go extinct, do you? Uh Uh-uh. But won't splicing their genes with what exactly? Dog genes. Golden retriever, mostly. But there's actually a blend of easygoing dog genes, forming a sort of canine cocktail. I see. Won't that make them something entirely different than they were, effectively making the original version of the animal extinct? (laughs) Well, you gotta break some eggs to make an omelet, Greta. So then my question becomes, who ordered the omelet? Well, the only way to get a hold of the funding and labs needed for the project was to have us all sign non-disclosure agreements. In other words, you can't say. Um, in other words, uh, we have no idea and couldn't tell you if we did. Wink, wink. So, if it's completely safe and you're only doing positive things for the planet and all its inhabitants, why would those who are funding it not want the world to know who they are? Uh, because they don't want to, uh, feed their egos with all the thanks and glory that'd be coming their way? And you believe that too, do you? I believe there's no other way to get my hands on all that expensive lab equipment. I spent all my money getting the doctorate. But, Greta, you're focusing on the wrong end of the discussion here. And you'd like to talk about... uh... The joy that living with these animals will bring, knowing that you've saved them from extinction. Now think of it. If you've got an Amur leopard as a watchdog, no one's breaking into your house. That sounds great for people, Doctor. But will that leopard be happy? Now, I'll admit it, I haven't learned to speak leopard yet, Greta, but I'm almost certain not going extinct is high on their to-do list. Now, come on, you could have a Suda Island tiger who'll bring you your slippers and the evening paper, or a Javan rhino who'll play fetch, or an African elephant who'll wash the car. This sounds like something you're already doing. Uh, yes, we've started with animals that are close to going extinct, and eventually we'll branch it out to all animals everywhere to keep every single one safe. Now, these new versions are owned, copyrighted species, so they won't be as cheap to own as normal pets at first. But people will be so excited about them, that shouldn't be a problem. Look, Dr. Nesbaum, I don't mean to seem adversarial, but I can't see how this will make the world better 
better. There are so many unknown variables. Plus, you've got to wonder who holds the copyrights. Oh, I see where this is going. You're one of those science deniers, aren't you? No, I'm not denying anything. I'm just not convinced this is the greatest plan science could give us on this problem. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. I don't have to take this kind of treatment. I'm just doing my job, trying to make the world a better place for us all. Are you saying you don't want a better world for everybody? Because that'd be kind of selfish of you. What? No, I am merely suggesting we should all agree on what we want to make the world better before science begins doing things we could possibly all be sorry for later. Wow, you are a real sourpuss, aren't you? Boy, I wish I'd known about you before I agreed to this interview. You you just can't leave well enough alone. I can't leave well enough alone. That's calling the kettle black. Now you're saying I'm racist as well? What? No. Wait. Let's just slow down a second, take a breath, and come at this from another angle. I will if you will, Greta. All right. I'm thinking that once you can splice animals together, what's to stop other scientists from splicing animals to humans? Because they say that'd be unethical, which would be against our oath. Um, Of course, that could change. So many things agreed on at one point are overturned by a different group of people in charge at another point. So that means it'll probably happen sooner or later. So that's why me and my group are working on splicing human genes on paper. That way we'll be ready to jump on the patents when the time comes. (laughs) We can't help it. We're scientists. We discover things. Well, hopefully down the line you find some time to discover your own humanity. That would actually be of service to the peace and prosperity of the world. Well, I'm sure someone will fund that discovery if they think there's money to be made from it. Is there money to be made from it? (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Nesbaum, for your frank talk. This is Greta Warburn saying, see you next time on The Other Side of Extinction. Well, there you have it. The Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour Show number 111, featuring in alphabetical order, David Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Kevin, Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and that little imp, Tim Thomas. Holiday songs available on our CD called Holiday Hokum wherever you stream, download, or bootleg music. Check out our Facebook page when you get a chance. Our website is ducklogiccomedy.com. Portions of this podcast were previously broadcast on the radio under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP, AM and FM in Chicago. Thanks for listening. See ya.